This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be And now your host, TJ. All right, so Merry New Year, and welcome to 2020, and here we go again. The Minivan Dad Soccer Pod has entered 2020, the new decade, and we are joined tonight by senior or digital manager and Grand Pooba of Hot Time in Old Town, Hat. Hat Time in Old Town tonight. Hello. Is that is that the new nickname, Chris? Are we going to start calling him Hat Time in Old Town? I think so. You know, guys, I'm not currently wearing a hat. In fact, I don't think I wore one all day. It didn't happen. It's a resolution. I'm going to wear fewer hats in You're 2020. Wear, I can't say I the same. I did wear a hat. I wore my new logo Chicago Fire hat. and Even I wore a hat. Ooh, you were the one who bought it. Yes, I was the one who bought it. And I actually saw, I did see one the other day um, leaving Starbucks. I can't remember if it was. In the wild, was. you saw one? I they'll, see, they'll be yep. limited edition soon enough. I have a patch and a sticker that uh, Sparky gave to my wife. Okay. Um, but uh, I don't have any merchandise yet. I probably will get something, though. I like the colors. If I, even if I don't like the logo very much, I do like the colors. So. And then, of course, and if you did it, already chiming in and speaking his mind because he can't help himself, is the soccer bright part himself, Conspiracy Chris. Happy New Year, Conspiracy Chris. I am not a conspiracist. Sure. And water is not wet. It's about the same analogy in that sense. If there's a good right, conspiracy, well, Chris, we're behind happy it. New so, Year. Happy New Year. And we're going to start. I have a quick uh, public service announcement, TJ, for our listeners. If you sure. are saying Happy New Year in Espanol, it is important to say Feliz Año Nuevo and not leave out the tilde. Because if you do, you are saying Happy New Anus. <laughs> It sounds like a painful surgery that you could have, but on that note, as we digress, I'm I, I'm going to leave leave set this one up for conspiracy Chris because we know conspiracy Chris loves a good conspiracy, and when he was out on away from the show, he was out investigating VAR. So VAR apparently has upset pretty much everybody but Alexi Lawless and me. I don't know how that happens, but you guys have the same personality the, type. It, it's possible. It, it's possible, but also ultimate contrarian. I, I you know, was the, but the thing was, I actually did get a dialogue on the weekend with Arlo White about this, and you did, you did, you talked to Arlo about it. I did, and I was, I was amazed. And I thought that was kind of cool, but um, at the end, he was wrong, and I, he never replied to that. By the way, um, and you made sure to tell him so. I did. Well, I did <laughs> because he kept uh, the the point of contention was. Somebody had mentioned the Hawkeye technology, and he said, no, they're not using it for offsides, when the Premier League site itself says, yeah, we absolutely are. So they but are using... You say that, thing. but they're drawing these lines. Right, but the I don't see how the technology is being... Like, I, it, and it seems arbitrary half the time as to what body part they're drawing the line on. That's what... I think everybody... I don't think anybody is mad that VAR is, is there It's because it's being implemented well in other countries. It's it's the way it's being implemented in England sucks. Yeah. Well, it's it's the... I, I'm going to say for lack of a better term, it's kind of the English way that it's very literal. It's yes, very absolute. that's a good point. Yes. 
it's, it's very absolute. And they're I, doing this to themselves for sure. Yeah, they are. And I, and again, I know you guys are both Chris. You were talking today how you didn't like it. And the other part that England does, I don't know if the rest of the world does, is they review every goal. And that seems to be where they find some of these things that other countries wouldn't even bother, like Germany, United States. Well, they're looking – I feel like other countries are doing kind of like the NFL model of they're looking for clear and obvious and only clear and obvious. Well, that's exactly – and that's what they're not doing, Jorginho. Is looking yeah. for clear and obvious things that uh, um, should be called. It, it they they were actually uh, the Premier League was told by uh, FIFA, I believe it was, that VAR is intended to essentially replace clear and obvious errors by the referee or correct clear and obvious errors. So not to do things like, you know, well he was leaning, so his elbow was a was. Two inches ahead of it's the just, last defender. Except, that's not offsides. Except it's a simple concept. You either are offsides or you're not. It's kind of like pregnancy. You either are or you're not. <laughs> but, it's not like, well, it's close and it's to the naked eye. It's you are or you're not. If you're going to do it, you do it. I, well, offside I, specifically I, I, is the one I've got a problem with. I understand. My I issue, however, is you have to determine... What is like, this? Is the part in which they are creating a new, a new rule or a new, a new bylaw of the game? Because it's always said you can't be ahead of the last defender. But does that count where your feet are? Does that count? That's, and that's the, what I yes. The most advanced portion of your body. Because I'm sorry, if your arm is ahead, it doesn't matter that, to me. That, that to yeah. me is not offsides. I but saw Kim McCauley say feet it, would be a ridiculous. great. Yeah, it, I, I saw me, Kim McCauley say yeah, it should yeah. be where your feet are. Because, yes. Look, we don't we don't count it as like on a on a on a um, on a penalty kick. Nobody looks and says, well, like a free throw, you know, where everyone's leaning into the lane, they're leaning over the line. The top of their body's over that line, but we still count them as outside the box. Yeah. Here's here's as the difference. You're looking here's you're looking at the differences. You're talking about the NBA where. It is your feet that matter in that case. But it's the same what, what I'm saying, it's what I'm saying is, matter. we do the same thing in the penalty box on a on a penalty because that's where your it's that is your feet. Offsides, what they've offsides has been, if you are even, you're okay. What the what the Premier League has basically said is, if you have any part of your body ahead of them, you're not okay anymore. And it is a, and this but is going to be stupid. something that's going that it, and I disagree completely, and we'll get to why I think you're wrong, and I think you're both idiots, and we'll get to that. However, in the simple con- – like I said, it's back to simple context. And the reason why I like the way they're interpreting it of if you have any body part over in front, you're considered offsides because then there, it takes the subjectivity of, well, the arm really isn't – but you know what? Maybe that stride is what gave him that benefit. Well, it's his toe, but it wasn't the one that he wound up using on the ball – it takes any any objectivity out make or it makes it just completely cut and dry, and that's why I'm I'm in favor of it. And at this point, I, I like like I said, you guys know I like to use other sports for analogies, but it's no different than when the NFL or college football decide with these targeting rules, you can't do this. With, you know, stop. Or, TJ. You can't breathe stop. on the quarterback. Stop. Here's why you're wrong. This is ridiculous. The cameras are shooting at 50 frames per second, right? Mm-hmm. The guys okay. are running at 20 miles an hour, at least. Sure. In between the two frames, it comes. It, it's it's all arbitrary. It's 
you can you can you can go two frames and not see if the ball has left the foot yet. But the, the one frame will show that the player is offside and the other will not. So it, it's it's so tight and so close. They need to do something different because it, it's not exact. If it was exact, that's the way my brain works. Is I'm, I'm I have that type of German. Well, it must okay, be now, right. Now, now we're start now we're starting well, to go on the concept. You have a brain, which we know isn't the case. Sure. But it's, I would be fine with exact, but it's not. It's it, the, the difference in the frames where they're choosing it or the difference in where they're drawing these two lines that they're throwing down and the amount of time they're taking to do this, it all sucks. See, that's, and they where, know it gets, it sucks. that's, that's where it gets me is it's the amount of time and the number of times that they have to do this during a game. Right. You know, it, that's, that's, that, that, so what that, that it, I think so, is the real problem because ultimately – Look, if, if the new rule had to be that, okay, any part of your body, if a hair on your head is in advance of, of a defender, you're offside. Fine, okay? It, it, at some point, offside period was, was, was an arbitrary rule. Whatever we've determined is now the new rule. I'm okay with that. We could live with that. I think it's dumb, but okay, we can live with it. My issue is, in an attempt to, say, legislate this, it it's done nothing but delay the game needlessly and create large periods of um of time wasting and and timekeeping is so arbitrary anyway in 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 the game that if we're going to do things like this then i think we need to go to a clock that stops yeah yeah you almost you know, have you, to like you, you, and, and, you can't keep point, adding things at that point i think and chris i think in the first, this is one of the first things you said tonight that's made sense, is if for these VAR reviews, and in this I could see globally, if you want to make sure you get it right, I agree. Stop, that's where you stop the clock. You don't add time. And I guess the counter argument is if the game's not close, your adding time isn't as relevant. But in the in these games that are tight, especially the Premier League, I could see that as an issue. If you're going to VAR, you then you absolutely go to stop the clock, and you discuss it. And the other part I would like to see out of it is. Kind of what they you've seen. There's a clip out there on on Twitter I've seen before, where, where it's the Australians doing a VAR, and you can hear them discussing it. I'd like to see that too. I'd like to that see be, both yeah. sides mic'd up, yeah, and I get like the that. conversation piece. And that takes any gray air out of it. And nothing again, to hide, Mike Dean. Again, <laughs> and there's two points as to why I think it it it's going. Number one, it's not going away. We know it's not going to, and it becomes incumbent on the players to adjust their runs, adjust the way they play the game. They've well, done it before. They can do it again. And, and, and don't and sit there. Like, goals, that's, that's my point of at some. You know what? Let, you know, Lester, at Lester one point up. in in history, any you know any or any offside rule was was arbitrary. Like you know, they just determined. Well, this is now illegal. So adjusting the rule, I'm okay, fine. I disagree with it. I think it's stupid, and I think it just. I think because it's stupid, it creates the need to adjust other rules like the time issue just to accommodate it. But okay, fine. If this is what you want to do, <coughs> excuse me, fine. But if, uh, if you're but, a forward, you if you're a forward, you can figure this out. You figure out how to time your runs better and differently. I mean, hell, Lester, and don't tell me it's affecting goal scoring because Lester still put up nine on Southampton. I mean, these things, or was it City? Somebody put nine up on on Southampton, it was, it and it's Lester. like. And it's like you know what, you find other ways to score score goals. You this becomes not an issue. You learn to time your runs. You learn to take that half step back. If you're going at full speed, you're still going to beat the defender. You don't you don't think that any any deep uh, um, attacker with 
a shred of speed. Another half step back isn't going to outrun someone like David Luiz and half the center backs in the Premier League. Of course they are. You learn to adjust your runs. You learn to adjust your timing. What you're looking at that used to be, hey, I'm off sides when I see this, your brain will adjust as well. But they have to, that's on the players to start making that adjustment. And that's why I said it's no different. It's almost no different than. (laughs) It's no different than the NFL like and the college football with the targeting rule. You can't leave with the crown sure. of your head. You figure it out. Sure. I, 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 these I are get professionals. They'll, they'll, this is their they'll job. They'll figure it out. Okay, sure. They'll, they'll adapt to this new rule. Okay, fine. Whatever. I get it. That said, it it's a lot of adjustment for, I don't know, what I would say is not a lot of return. You know, you know what, it, it's Chris, the creation of, of, of an issue or creation of a, a, a change um, uh, I would say a great change for a small issue. You know what, Chris? This is no different to me. And I know you're old enough to remember it. I know you followed football enough to remember you're a Packer fan, painfully enough for years, of when the NFL, if you remember right, the NFL brought in instant replay. It had the same problem. Oh, it's taking too long. It's taking, and they took it out for a couple of years. It probably cost the Packers a Super Bowl out of that. And then they put it back into what we have now today. And then it was... Well, you only have two minutes to review. And even that's seemingly gone away. So eventually, they both sides will figure it out. The Premier League will find a better way to implement it and look at it. And well, also, part, and, and the players will see, adjust as well. But part, taking, part of the, it back, part of the error but undoing of your it, comment, but, though, is to, or, or of, of your, of your um, comparison, is the NFL, part of you know, football, American football, whatever, is... It already starts and stops all the time. So there's already breaks in which you could do this. In a game in which essentially it never stops, throwing in this multiple-minute break to go figure out whether or not something happened is, I don't know, antithetical to, to, Maybe. Um, to, to, to the game On top of itself. that, why is it always offside and not a player having his neck strangled at midfield on a yeah. breakaway or Harry Kane diving again. You don't see it. it it's we're, we're like zeroing in on offside for everything with this. And it, this is I not the way one, it's been implemented in one. other countries. Well, well it's and, there and for what, the big uh, things. That, it's what, not there for the centimeters. You know what the premier league, that's decided. exactly what the premier league was told that, that VAR was, was created uh, and, and the heart of it or the, the purpose of it is to, affect or, or to correct clear and obvious errors. It's not to go in and, you know, debate minutia you know about offside. Except, except I, that I don't know why again. that has become the, the, the one thing they want to stand on. It's the stupidest call. You know, today, uh, uh, in, in say, well, in, in the Arsenal game, uh, Juan Bissaka dove in the box for, um, for United. And what happened? Well, they had a VAR review to determine if there was a foul. Now, in that review, when they looked and saw it wasn't a foul, they had to see it wasn't a foul because it was a dive. He was already in the air before any contact was even made, and there wasn't that much contact anyway. So it was a dive. So why was nothing done about that? Because I thought we were supposed to be eliminating diving. But amazingly, that that continues to go unpunished. And Harry Kane is a prime example of that. I'm sorry, most of Spurs are a prime example of that. That routinely, this is how they they score goals, and VAR does nothing to correct that. Yet we're determining, oh well, you know, part of his elbow appears to have been offsides from 
this 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 image on video, uh, or there was a foul, you know, thirty five yards in the back, uh, thirty five yards behind the play, thirty seconds before the goal was scored. <laughs> so we have to call it back for that. Like those it's, now, that now the second part, Chris, I'm going to cut you off because it's, you're starting to bore the shit out of me. Is the second part I agree with? It's like in the build up, was there a foul at some point? It's like those I get. And again, and the reason why, like I said, I think offsides is, is it it is a yes or a no, and that's why, in theory, you could, yes. ar- you could argue not the way they're doing. I'm not saying it's not a yes or no. I'm saying that what they're determining is the yes is not necessary. You know, it's sure it's it's yes or no. That that's that's fine. It's always been, but to determine what is, you know, what what part of the the body is is offside. Well, they're, they're it's, saying, it's never been well. Basically. You know what? If you're if you had your arm out while you were standing on that line, mm. you were offsides. Okay, well you can't they, use your arm anyway, so it shouldn't matter. But it should. That's what it, well, we're doing. what they're what the new interpretation is from the Premier League is, it doesn't matter. You are offsides. Period. If any part of your body, including apparently your finger, your wrist, your your ear, it doesn't matter. They're going to call it offsides. So the players need to adjust on that. And I'm going to get to the other reason why that I think this is an important piece, and I think they need to actually tighten it up. And this needs to be done globally. It'll never be done in Italy because Italy, well, you'll see, you'll hear my reasoning, is the one part of soccer, I think, especially in these top leagues in Europe, in the Bundesliga, in La Liga, Syria, the Premier League, so on, League Un, is that's the one place that you can still affect the game through gambling is the referees. I think it's the one part that is underpaid enough where you can still buy off a referee. And by having these video reviews, specifically offsides, specifically some of these other ones, you're taking that piece out of it because everybody is going to see it and going to interpret it. That's why I think, and with as much gambling and as much, and that's the one piece in sports that is still yet to be fully capitalized by the teams themselves, the referees are the one place. And I think by keeping the VAR and keeping it as tight as it is specifically in the premier league, which is the biggest of all of them. That's why I'm not, I'm completely in favor of it. And I think it should be done more is it keeps the integrity of the game where it is. You're going to, you're not, yes, you're still going to have your Mike Deans and every, you know, and um, who are Anthony Taylor, what, that should be wearing Man United jerseys and whatever the whole time, they're going to be there. I mean, it's no no different than the referees, you know, in the NFL that always favor the Cowboys, which is everybody. That said, by keeping offside something that is very, very cut and dry, keeping some of these other ones that are very, very cut and dry, I think it keeps a little more integrity into the game, which I think is going to become more and more important as we go along because that's the one piece. The players are making, in the Premier League specifically, they're probably making enough money they can't be bought off as easily anymore. The referees, not so much. Okay. Um, I may, maybe. Um, most of the gambling money seems to come from Asia, where uh, it's kind of anything goes. So I, I don't I don't know if you could say that um, that even the players don't make enough, or may, excuse me, make too much that that doesn't matter. Um, but okay whatever i guess my issue is var in in this specific to say the premier league has been used to effectively ignore the spirit of the law 
and adhere only to the the letter of the law in such an odd way that it's making mountains out of molehills, effectively. It, it um, and I, I, that I concur. With. I do agree. It is making mountains out of molehills now. I think by next season, this is, becomes a moot point because I think they, the players will have figured out how to work around and not be leaving it as subjective, leaving it to chance. Or, is or will there what be some new stupid thing that they decide to crack down on? That, yeah, that, that kind of well. seems I mean, to be the way it goes. That, that I was going to say, there'll just be something else dumb that, that they you're, you're now want to use. And you're, Chris, specifically for you, that you're a hockey fan is, the NHL seems to pick a new rule every year. They're going to emphasize, and they and they do it through about. But you get you get to the playoffs, and they stop calling everything, and it's back to just the Wild West again. I wonder, and maybe the Premier League will be the same way. They'll find something else. It won't be offsides next year. It'll be throw-ins within one yard or something like that that they're going to start emphasizing, or whatever the case may be. Um, I think they're. I think I. My opinion is they're picking offsides because it is the most cut and dried of of the rules there's really not a lot of interpretation to it where especially like hand hand handball in the penalty area where was his hand what was it in a natural position was it not and so on and so forth offsides is pretty cut and dry and it's just a matter of the players adjusting the fact of even with his onside but even with you better not have something in front of him including any part of your body you mean it can be your eyelash and eventually they're going to get it so that's and it's I, just I guess my my point is that um, if it standardizes the rules, okay, fine. I guess we, whatever, yeah. we'll we'll learn to live with it. Okay, but they're not using it to standardize the rules. They're using it to, if anything, defend poor officiating. Like my my, I guess at least you know when we're specifically talking about the Premier League, officiating's gotten worse because of it, and and now it's taking longer and. Yeah, you know, even Arsene Wenger said the, that. The fun of, of goals sometimes. Like, yeah. it, it's, now, it's the, a stupid. Like, every day, every day of games, you can point to some kind of robbery. You know, well, like, I, e- I either... Think, now, now, that point, Chris, I, I kind of agree with in, in the sense of... And this, again, I want to say is across multiple sports is... The referees are afraid to blow the whistle or afraid to do anything because they're like, all oh, VAR will clean it. Video review will, will clean it up. And that's all the way through. The NFL, they're afraid to blow the whistle. Well, maybe it is a fumble, maybe it isn't. We'll look at it later. And I think that's just a cop-out all the way in. You either, if you see the call, you make it. But it seems like now, because of VAR, specifically with the line, with the assistants, they're told, if you're not, if you're not 100% sure, keep your flag down because VAR will get it. As opposed to, I think I'm right. I'm going to put my flag up. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe it'll be wrong. But that's what I maybe, saw. Maybe I saw. Uh, they go to a challenge. Maybe Obama will have been onside by a good five yards. Depends on which league you're talking about, Chris. Challenge system, Pat. That's a that's an interesting question. That's an interesting point. I I don't know. But then then now we're back into Chris's territory earlier where. Are you using the challenge because you it's a challenge, a legitimate challenge, or you're trying to stall? Yeah, that's true. And again, I, I'm not against it. I've, I, I've seen some commentary with it. I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea. I just think that's one of those, it's like, especially when you start thinking of somebody like the great one who will utilize it at the at the most opportune, or you're going to say, I'm challenging that goal. I want it video reviewed because my right back is 
got a knock and he is suffering. walked over to the opposing <laughs> team's bench today and looked at notes that the coach was writing. Yeah. And I could yeah, not be about happier that. about that. <laughs> the implosion it's, is starting early, you guys. Maybe. I was going to, and I, and I did want to touch on this, and I, I know it wasn't anything we really, I, this, I guess we can dial in with Arsenal Therapy, but has anything changed with Spurs since since Poch got let go and they brought him the, the great one? No, no. And Poch is a way better coach. I, I say that as like I, I think in this regard I can be objective because we're dealing with two different Spurs coaches here. Poch is a, I, I fear Poch a lot more than than old man crazy Mourinho. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think Mourinho is still a very smart guy. I think some of his TV work showed that he is, but he's too like he's nuts. He's yeah. not. Okay, let me and let me ask you this because you're both both of you guys. I, I do trust your opinions in this sense. This version of Jose, you don't fear, but the Porto version of Jose in the first Chelsea go around Jose. Oh yeah, Jose with more. Jose with Vladimir Putin backing him, I fear <laughs> yes, but not now. I meant like even with Porto when he won the Champions League with them. Yeah, he, so, that was amazing. Yeah, he. He's, that that was peak gene. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like that version of Jose, you would still fear, but now he, like you said, he's he's boarding on he's boarding on insanity. That almost so can't. Like, ha- that's never going to happen again. A part this, of me thinks like it's that he's gotten too caught up in his um, it, well, sort of in 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 the own like in the in the news about himself. You know that. Maybe he wasn't like in those days. Maybe he wasn't yes. bad about throwing individual players under the bus, or maybe he was, but just the the media coverage of it hadn't become as pervasive. You know, you weren't expecting it, so you weren't looking for it. Kind of. Um, maybe. The, maybe. Uh, I, you know, I don't the think opposite his of Klopp. changed at all. Entire opposite of Klopp. Right. Yeah. Maybe tactically smarter than Klopp. Maybe, but. I mean, when, when, where, no, where I and you and you and I, Pat, we both we both have, uh, you know, soccer crushes on Jurgen Klopp. There's no question about it. But not when just I feel, soccer, man, man crushes. Well, okay, I was I was trying to lighten a little bit. Okay, it, I mean, it is. It is for me to love the Liverpool coach. It has painful. It's not even painful. I'm not even mad about it anymore. I love the guy. I don't care that he's a Liverpool coach. I, at first, it was like eh, I don't know if I, he coaches Liverpool, but no, I I love that man, and uh, I will continue to. And he's he's my favorite coach in all of sports right now. And and I'm hoping Mikel Arteta passes him up because and and I think it's because it's too and crazy. Raphael Vicky. Raphael Vicky, is that was that your way of transitioning? No, no, it's your show. You transition when you want to. No, I and I. I I'm going to touch that. I, I wanted to make one more point with Klopp is what I think makes Klopp so great is he, I feel like he's like Phil Jackson in his way. He manages his players. Like it's a level of genius that's there where I think he's better than even like a Phil Jackson type is he's tactically, maybe he's not, maybe he's not Guardiola, but tactically he's still really good. And that's why I think he's, yeah, I agree. I, I do agree with you. I think he's the greatest coach right now in the world for any sport realistically i guess maybe you could argue bill belichick but or saban but yeah i i I would never ever 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 argue that any college football coach 
<laughs> is the greatest coach in, in a, in a, sham system where you can where some coaches just outright pay people and others don't there's no sure. way i would ever argue any college football coach is a great coach all right can you can we, all right now on that point can we go back to um the transition you kind of teed up for me there with with wiki oh sure <laughs> you're it, you transition it it's your show yeah, we're on yeah. the fire now we're on the fire now so they Wiki, you and I talked about it. Um, that was that higher official when we when we spoke on Monday. Had it been made? No, it was uh, all but. All but okay. Yeah, I so think we had uh, Heights was there, and it was I think it was the following day that Vicky was made official. But we talked about it as if it was official because sure, sure. we felt because we knew it was going right. Yeah, and then um, so they're so apparently they're looking at older European players. One Mato, so, yeah, it was. It's a bunch of specifically a bunch of Man United players was the rumor today. Juan Mata, uh, Nemanja Matic was the big one, and um, and that came from the guy who runs the on that uh, Men in Red account that actually had the logo first. So there's some level of credibility for, there for me. Um, who knows? I mean, it, it, and I'll I'll talk about this in a second. But my theory on what's going on, and then the other one was Ashley Young, which I think he's washed up but um but he fills a role as a right back i guess um i will say this these rumors where the fire are inquiring or interested or anything like that i i think they're all probably true because who wouldn't be interested in all of these guys sure. if they came at the right price and were interested in coming. So if the if you hear a report that the fire are interested in this player or that player, they're probably interested in they, they're they're at this point now where they got their sporting director and they got their head coach and they're just bombing every like they're looking everywhere as to who might be able to come because they have to fill a roster very quickly and you don't probably you probably want to start with DPs and then fill from there. So um they're they're quickly trying to judge who would really be interested, who like Podolsky might just be trying to leverage a new contract in Japan, or maybe he really is interested. But I will so I, I think that there's some level of interest for all of these, but I will say I don't think Bastian Schweinsteiger sold a ton of tickets. I think he's, he moved the needle a little bit, but none of these guys, and I like Juan Mata a lot. He's always seemed like a cool dude. Matic is a player I really respect. Uh, Podolski, I loved as an Arsenal forward. None of these guys are going to be are going to resonate in Chicago. There's still only a small handful of people that are going to would would really really get people excited. And you've if you're going to go that route and you're going to use DP money on a on not a Alexander Katai uh, as we just let him go, but if you're going to use it on a bigger name, it's you've got to sign a Mexican player. You've got to. And, and if it's you're doing be, it just it's for be, a name. For, it's, yeah. yeah. And it's got – well, no, it, but it's got to be more than just a name at this point, Chris. It has to be – But what, what, I'm, what I mean is if, if you're looking at someone to just put, um, put people in the seats, like simply on, on existence yeah. alone, then, yeah, it, it has to be a, a Mexican player. Because um, you don't have the money for – or the – pull for Robert Lewandowski or somebody like that. It's got it. It's there's only a handful of guys that would get Chicago to go. Oh my God. And you, you and saw let, it a little bit with Schweinsteiger, but not 
there were still 8,000 people there at some of the games. Like it's, it's not, it's not enough. And what, what is enough? And this is what I wrote on hot time today. I would rather see them sign nobody I've ever heard of pull in some South American DPs that I'm not even quite sure who they are or some younger people and go win. That would get people interested. Which we, which we've said on this show multiple times, all three of us, it's, you want to solve the problem for the fire, it comes down to wins and losses. And we've talked about it, and it was, I looked it up, it was in August of last, of 2017, I want to say. Was Schweinsteiger's first year was 17, correct? Correct. And it was an August game. The Gold Cup had just ended. The U.S. had won the Gold Cup. It was Toronto who was top I remember of the league. The, game. the fire I, yeah. was second. And it was Michael Bradley coming back, and they added... They, they added, added seats, yep. They added yep. seats in. And everybody talks about the days of, you know, you know, um, shit, Blanco, Blanco, correct, where they had and they said they had to add seats with um, when uh, Zlatan came in and so on. If you want to move. But that's a one time hit. Right. This no, game but- was there. This game was big, not because of Schweinsteiger or Bradley. It was because it was the top two teams and they happened to be a part of it. It was. Schweinsteiger, like, I, and I think you said it on Hot Time, and if I, if I read it correctly, Schweinsteiger raised the interest, or this might have been our text. A little bit, yeah. Schweinsteiger raised yeah. the interest of the media because you have a German legend. And then they, they started were, he winning. He was going to win the World Cup. He was going to win the so World ridiculous. Cup, but it didn't happen. <laughs> and there was always the novelty of, of watching him. I, I, I was always amazed that I was able to watch him up close in, in, a, in a three-quarters empty stadium. Like, there's... Bastian Schweinsteiger right there. Like, that's amazing to me. But as a it city, the, he's not, he, he, almost nobody short of, of, you know, the absolute full on superstars of the world would just instantly fill Soldier Field. Yeah. Well, and then it, but it's a two part, it's a two part thing then. They fill Soldier Field once. Right. Who's going to be the one that get? gets them to come back over and over again. And that's where, you, where you're talking about you need a to be one team. of these. A winning yeah. team and or one of these legends from Mexico, a la Chicharito type. Chicharito's one of the few. I, I think Guardado would move the needle pretty well too, but Chicharito's the one yeah. player that, that... Chicharito, you know. Guardado, I would give you. And really short of that, I almost want to say it's got to be a Messi, Ronaldo, that level of... Those are the only... And so, and so you go down get, from there... Who's a player who's a big name who can also help them win? And Guardado, and we can, Guardado yeah. Nemanja Matic is one for me that I think that makes some sense. I, I think that he's a he's only 31. Um, I I don't think he's a huge name as far as... He's more of a... I, I think he's got something left to offer. But I, I mentioned a name to Chris today that I think could be like MLS MVP level if it worked out right and help us win and he needs to go somewhere else Alexis I think Alexis Sanchez could be dynamite here and he's he's mentioned in the past that he wants to come here I don't know if I'm gonna throw, I want to throw another name and he, but Alexis Sanchez isn't, isn't gonna again he'll get a, a little bit of a jump but he's not gonna move the needle in terms of just butts and seats no, until they start winning. He, oh, I, yeah he, but he, I agree. he wouldn't on name, no, he wouldn't draw people. But, but on I highlight think... real stuff, when you see him start, if he's able to do what he was able to do at, at Arsenal and for Chile for a long time. I think Let against me... the lesser opponent, exactly. like MLS would, would present him, I think he probably is, looks more like his Arsenal days. I want to say yeah. like, like kind of like Keane. He, 
Keane was starting to fall exactly. off. Exactly. Of yes. Europe, but he was still. He's really still one good. of the greatest players in yeah. history. Let like me throw another a guy who me... was a big name. That's that's the perfect example, TJ. That's a guy who he was a big name, but he also was amazing in MLS. Or David Villa would be another one, big name, but was amazing here. Still had something left to offer. It wasn't just I, name. Let me throw another name to you. Let me throw another name at you that I saw popped on my Twitter feed for something completely unrelated, but is riding away at Monaco once Cesc Fabregas. Oh, I would love that. I would love that. I could I, learn to love Susk again. I, he's riding away in Monaco. I I would think again, dominate games here. I I don't think. I, he's I still think Olivier Giroud would be fantastic here too. Well, that's just because of because of his big French meaty forehead. French and that's forehead. a guy you throw him on billboards. <laughs> in his underwear. In, yeah, people don't even need to know who it is. They'll forget about the. They'll forget about the new logo. He would make the new logo look good. Oh, well, he would. <laughs> that's true. And I do want to, I, I think I kind of want to wrap up this the fire segment with this because I saw it today and I'm like going, and, and I saw a response to it, but it, it was somebody in the video, the New Year's video, the fire did. There was a response saying, yeah, I didn't renew tickets because of the logo or somebody was like, there's somebody in this video who didn't renew tickets because of the logo. And I saw a response. It was basically like, if your mental health tells you that you need to not renew tickets because of a logo. You need to evaluate your choices. Yeah, the, and you uh, and I have talked. You and I have talked about this enough times, Pat. That it's just like it's become Wenger out at a climate change protest. It's become ridiculous. The I don't like the logo either, but the crying on social media about it has reached points where it's like, what must it feel like to be in the fire front office? Seriously, and you you know you messed it up. You know it's not. It hasn't played like you hoped it would. Just the constant bitching and and like like it's always a protest is there a point is there a point though and like this one for me was one of them it's it's slowly been getting it went from wow i really don't like this too man the level of outrage over a logo is making me like the logo at this point it's almost becoming comedic it's simple if you don't like it don't buy anything with it on it and if enough people don't they will change it no, and, and and I think it was was it you and I were texting. It might have been me. And, it was some. I've, I had a text exchange going. It was like, what's going to happen is they're going to come out with a secondary logo. It'll be better, and then it'll that, ultimately, yeah. it'll, and then ultimately that will become the primary logo. Sort of I like see, the and again, Cleveland Indians transitioned away from Chief Wahoo that way with a a secondary logo that became the primary logo. Although that's their seat. It's very boring, but um, I was going to see the the Milwaukee Brewers being another one when they brought back the ball and glove logo, when they brought back the ball and glove. It's the best logo in sports. At first it was just a Friday. It was a Friday Jersey. And you know, and then it became whenever they warm. And then they started making it the alternate logo on the Navy Jersey. And now it's the primary logo essentially. As it should be, because it's amazing. It is. And, uh, and that's another show for another time. Um, and I do want to touch on this real quick because in this we're going to have a whole episode for. So I'm starting. This is this is the teaser. Last year it was my favorite episode to do, and it might have just been the level of alcohol consumed over the process. Was <laughs> our MLS jersey and new kit review show? They're starting to come out. Uh, my uh, Inter Miami's came out today, and I'm just all I can say is more. I haven't more seen it. What does it look out, like? The more that these come out. The more excited I am about the about so the, the 
that the show. Golden Balls one is uh, I called it underwhelming, and I got some pushback on Twitter. But the the white is just plain white with pink Adidas normal shoulder stripes, and the black has a little bit. Of, it's got a little bit of a of a like the flamenco pattern like embedded in it. Really, really. So uh, I, I guess the white does as well. And it's got the. Um, they're going to the 1992 USA World Cup team Adidas stripes, the three big ones coming down across oh, the. Oh, really? Yeah. The, it, the old it's Adidas what, equipment. It's, style. it's an anniversary yes. of some sort. And so I kind of like the nostalgia in that. I'm thinking a lot of people aren't picking up on that's what they're doing, but. So um, I, believe, I believe it's the 30th anniversary when they went to when they went to that logo. I, so, I was just going to say, I, I think it is. Um, the Red Bull have that and DC. So they've gotten that stuff. Yeah, yeah it's got to be. We've seen that in three or four leaked jerseys now. That that basically the home set will have the more traditional top of the shoulder ones on both sides, and the the road or vice versa will have the big black three on the on the on the right sleeve. I want to say. Well, but you got to remember with MLS, you only replace one a year. So right. I'm curious. I'm curious how some of these other ones will look, but. By and large, I, I think that part's harmless. It's just it was more the teaser of I'm looking forward to that show because last year we had a blast doing it. And I, oh. I, this, this is going to be all kinds of greatness that we have to do with this one. So I I uh, was going to comment. I'm I'm looking at the um, uh, Inter Miami stuff now. Uh, I was going to comment though, since it's Golden Balls team, are you required to only wear long sleeves? <laughs> Except that they did. A, except that the league they did away with them, except for him. Did away yeah. with long sleeves. Yeah. So maybe they'll bring him back for that. That's a good question. The players will also know where to run on the field after an important goal is scored to maximize the time on camera and uh, <laughs> photo opportunities. Could you could you just imagine having to wear long sleeves in Miami in the middle of summer? I get, Well, I guess even they'll have to imagine I mean, that too. But playing in Fort in, Lauderdale, so in um in Current fabrics, I don't know that it's that bad. Maybe I not think, in the black yeah. that they're wearing. In the black they're wearing, that that could be a problem. I but expected in, like something way white... bigger from him, though. Like either a full-on Miami Vice thing, or if they wanted to dress like him, like with the flat cap, like they're going fox hunting or they're a butler or Are something. They, is, the, is the black the primary or is the white the primary? I'm not sure. I, think, I assume the white. I, I, I do thought too. So too that, but... That's why I thought, yeah. And and should they be Inter Miami or do they need to change it to Inter Fort Lauderdale? <laughs> I, I, I'm just curious. Florida man. Florida man. <laughs> so on that note, I think it's time we'll leave Golden Balls down in Miami and um and just keep looking forward to other kits dropping because Lord knows once they're all out, we're gonna have a blast rating them, reviewing them, and deciding ones we liked and which ones we didn't like. And ultimately, which version of the Chicago Fires are we going to get? Are we going to get the navy one that looked palatable, or are they going to go with the red with that logo on it, which might be the worst possible outcome altogether? So on that note, um, U.S. soccer. Seeing we we all came together doing a YouTube show that was U.S. Fan TV. We used to talk about U.S. Defunct? soccer. and I, I, That's up to you guys. It's hiatus. I, I think it's hiatus. Uh, yeah. We reserve the right. I, I was going to say, I'm hoping that uh, we can find a way to bring it back in 2020. Sabbatical or hiatus? Which one do you guys like better? 
It's on, um, I think, hiatus. Hiatus? Okay. It's on, uh, what is it called when, like, uh, it's on, uh, like, when a liberal arts professor goes and lives in Spain sabbatical. for two years? Oh. Sabbatical. That's, yeah. That's why I put that one out there, because it's, yeah, it I is. felt like it's not quite high. I, I thought more sabbatical, yeah. because you are working on other projects. Kind of like the the big band that does True. their own side projects. Yeah, we're kind of on that point. Yeah. But we are going to touch on U.S. soccer, because there were a couple things that came out since we we're last all together and it, and I thought there are a couple worth discussing. One is with uh Wiki joining the Chicago Fire, I'm pretty sure there's nobody coaching the youth teams for US soccer both the men's and women's sides. So we'll start there. I mean, it, you you guys have both over the time have kind of convinced me what a train wreck US soccer is, especially on the administrative level. This might be peak crap of US soccer in the fact that they don't have anybody coaching. I think what Jason price but he's doing it via yeah i think and then the reason the big reason why it seems is that these people don't want to follow ernie's rule of moving to chicago and the one guy who actually did live here decided to take another job in chicago because he didn't want burhalter ball thrust upon him which you know i i kind of get i kind of get both points of view on this i i i guess on a let's all play the same system point of view, I, I I get the point that they're they're going for there, but I think that the point that Ernie's missing is this isn't the Netherlands. This isn't a tiny country. This is a giant country where you should have coaches living all over the place because you have your thing, your tentacles in different areas of the country. Yeah. And on top of that, we should have different styles because we have such a diverse player pool with, with so many different backgrounds. We should be able to to adapt and play different ways given the, the the best players at any age level. So I, I just don't get it. And I, I, it seems, I think the, that, that U S soccer uh, comms Twitter account that went after somebody already, um, <laughs> that they, they started a few days ago, which I, I think is a good idea that they're, they're engaging with fans instead of just not answering questions at all. Cause remember I told you I've, I've emailed them like trying to give them money and, they don't get back to you. There's just nobody there. Um, so to have somebody on the other end of things at U.S. Soccer is a good thing. Um, and that account said that uh, there was it alluded that there was going to be announcements coming in January as far as who's coaching teams. So maybe they do have a plan. That would be nice to see. It is now January, so maybe, maybe. we'll see it soon. Maybe. Yeah. But, it, but it's not just. It's not even just the men's side. It's the women's it's side. Both. Well. Yeah. It's it's pretty troubling. Yeah. It, it's. It's it, it, really bad. And no, and and Pat, you raised a lot of really good points in one. And I'm kind of shocked by this, but yeah, at the same time, I agree with you 100 percent that you don't want all your coaches out of Chicago. They can, you know what? You're paying them well enough; they can fly, or you give them an expense account where they, if say, hey, once a month or once every six weeks, you need to come to Chicago. We want a face-to-face meeting. We have Got the it. internet that now. Can be well, that too, but you can still, if you want them in person. You can do that. But at the same time, I agree with you because your youth coaches can become your scouts for any level. And say, and um, this is male or female. If you say everybody's got to be out of Chicago, now you're paying them to go out on the road where, hey, if they're in Miami or Austin or Phoenix or Los Angeles, there's a lot of games they can be looking at any one time and looking for players, be it for their own age group or just in general for the, for the big club. And I think it, it gives you another method, route of scouting that they currently don't have because 
Tom Rongan, they decided Tom Rongan couldn't do it anymore. So, well, he had chased away enough players. <laughs> he had, and which brings me to the next point I wanted to touch on. This is the other part of U.S. soccer and U.S. fan TV lore that I wanted to talk about: Camp Cupcake, which we've always joked about, we've always laughed about, we've always said, "What the hell." And the only upside I think any of the three of us have ever found is it allows you to expand the net of players, give them at least a little bit of exposure to see if any of them have a chance. Every once in a while, that gets you uh, a Giassi's artist who, unless it's scoring with his butt or his face, he's going to have trouble scoring. Um, but this Camp Cupcake's a little different. It's not Los Angeles and San Diego-based. They're going to be training in Qatar, and... The roster itself, Pat, I think was you said, wow, there are names I've never even heard of. And yeah, you look some people up. Um, so what's your takeaway from this? Do you think this is a good – I like the idea of, of training in Qatar. What, what's your what's your guys' thought on this? It seems a little presumptive to me. <laughs> That's the one issue I have with it, too. Like, I, like th- this is my problem with doing it. We just fucked the last one up. We haven't looked like we're a sure thing to qualify for the next one. Maybe don't go getting too comfortable with uh, with the place just yet. That said, so would you would you have them in Los Angeles again? Uh, I've never really. I mean, I I understand why they do it. Um, I guess it's nice that we have a a home, so to speak, for U.S. soccer, so that there's a place to regularly go. Um, the time of year it has to be somewhere warm, so I, I get why they go there. It has always seemed to me, though, that um, I, what, what is the Home Depot Center called now? I, I, I always forget. Dignity Health Sports Park. Yes, thank you. Um, it's always seemed to me that it's such a out of the way place. Like it, it would be cooler if they were somewhere cooler. <laughs> So, it's, but it's but it's amazing. You have Ernie Stewart saying everybody needs to be in Chicago, but yet they don't do the camps there. Yeah. Oh wait, because it's cold as hell in January in Chicago. In I, I suspect too that that either it if we're not being if there wasn't like a financial incentive by Qatar for us to go train there, then like if we're not making money off it, then we're probably saving money somehow. By I I wonder. If Qatar is chipping in to get teams to go test things for them, it seems like maybe it's a win-win in that regard. That you know we get to go someplace different and and maybe do some. And, these these guys aren't going to be on the World Cup team, most of them. So it, I yeah. guess it's not really bonding. Or it, and if from their sense, they're not going to need this information, but the coaches will. And um, and, and and that might be and theoretically, I think that's what. The upside is, yes, Chris, it is presumptive, especially with how well things turned out last time. That said, I feel like if you're a coaching staff and you think you know what you're doing, this is a play you do want. You do want to be familiar with your surroundings, the weather, things, just some of the things, the details that, and with the fact that Berhalter does seem like he's a detail type player or manager, this kind of makes sense. they're still playing in L.A. at the end of the camp, but um, that's a time zone swing right there. But uh, it is. But so yeah. Well, you there was one name I know, Pat. But when we were texting back and forth, and we were talking about it, one name stood out to you out of all this, and 
you kind of want to go into that, or do we want to talk about some of the the? Yeah, obviously, Lilinas being on there is 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 cool because he is a guy that we are hoping to actually have play for us. So, um, he's a guy with a you know he's exciting. He's got a ton of talent, and 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 I think having him there is a great thing. So now he, he he's just he's just with Wolfsburg's U19s at this point. Yeah, correct? which is probably why they let him go. Sure. Um, because like even Atlanta United wasn't letting their players go for this, so um, no, which which is kind of weird. And now, not that Atlanta United wasn't Atlanta United was keeping their players back because they have the Concacaf Champions League coming up, and they decide and they said nobody goes because I believe they had players called in for Argentina's U23 camp, and they were told no as well. That Atlanta's at least taking the Concacaf Champions League seriously, and I'm going to say unlike some of the other teams, one being NYCFC, seeing Sean Johnson on the uh, on the Camp Cupcake and going to be in Qatar instead of getting ready. But then again, I believe NYCFC doesn't have a technical director and or a coach either. So if you ever thought the, if you ever thought the fire was bad, NYCFC is having troubles, if not worse, in that sense. Um, and then we there were a couple of the names I saw that I picked up on that hit. Uh, one is Christian Kappas and the other is Brian Kao. Um, and Kao is one who's kind of going the the way of the ginger hair, the, the ginger hair genius in that he's waiting till he's 18. And I believe he's going to go to Wolfsburg though, instead of, instead of what is it? Um, Bremer. Um, and Bremen, the other one, yeah. Werder Bremen. And then uh, the other one being same Christian big Kappen. picture though, going to Germany. That's the place to go right now. So yeah. Well, well and again, kind of makes sense. But then, then the other one being Christian Kappas, who, I believe it was a uh, an academy product with um was he the one out of DC United that we decided or was he the one from FC Dallas I forget which but anyway one of one of those two is from DC United one of the ones Dallas's academy and Christian Kappas plays in Denmark right now so those are the only internationals um it looks like so and then there's a whole I'm kind of looking at these some of these names I want to kind of go through who are the ones that you looked at and went who the heck are these guys Pat, I don't have the names in front of me, so I oh, let, can't I'm remember the names that I didn't yeah, remember. I don't either, but I, I do remember having this conversation and saying, uh, wait, who? I'm going to run through the ones that have zero caps. That have zero caps. I mean, they're, and it's it's not a – the goalkeepers are JT Marshanowski with from San Jose and then Matt Turner with New England Revolution. I don't know either of them, but then again, I don't pay attention to either of those teams, so I'm not really a good resource there. The defenders, it's Julian Arojo, um, Chase Gasper from Minnesota United, Justin Glad from Real Salt Lake, uh, Mark McKenzie from The Union, and Sam Vines from Colorado Rapids. I thought Justin Glad had played for us before, no? Hey, he's hmm. a name I knew, but you know, he's uh, apparently he's got zero caps according to the soccer's own website. Okay. Maybe and he then, didn't. No, and Sam Vines, I think, is the only one I... It seems like Colorado was, like, incredibly proud of seeing that, which is kind of cool that they're embracing it. Um, we got Brendan Aronson from Philadelphia Union of the midfield. We've got Kappas, who's... Kyle um, Paxton... No, Pamakal has been... He apparently does have a cap, and then... Um, yeah, yeah everybody does. else has a cap. He's got one, so... And then forwards, Jesus Ferreira from FC Dallas. Um Yuli Linas, and those are the only two forwards that don't have caps yet. So I, uh, my overall impression of the roster was fine. It's good. It, it it's good to bring in extra new 
exciting young players and give them a chance. And mm-hmm. hopefully, I mean, it's it's funny to me that we do this every Camp Cupcake. And last year, the guy that Greg allegedly found was Georgi Mihaljevic, and then he's not there this time around, which is odd. But maybe there's something going on there that we don't know. Um, but well, he 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 had a run out with Nuremberg over the winter so far. Well, right, yeah, and he's I think he's back now. Um, and somebody pointed out on Twitter that he'd rather Georgie, a fire fan pointed out on the hot time thing that he'd rather Georgie not be there because players often come back from that thing flat, which is kind of true, but, um, and, and Georgie, be, Georgie being one of them. I mean, he came back, yeah, he, yeah. he set the world on fire in cap cupcake, comparatively speaking, came back and never really cemented his place in the, in the starting 11. And then by what, by May, he was already out of the start, pretty much out of it once they mm-hmm. brought in, um, Nico Gaetan, so maybe. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I'm fine with the location. I'm fine with the players he's brought in. I, I, I'm not going to get super excited about a camp cupcake roster because it's, it's like we know we all know what it is. Um, and I'm not going to get super worked up about the fact that they're in Qatar because I don't like get really... excited about a piece of toast. It's exactly. I mean, it is what it is. It's fine. It's there for you. But you know what? There's better things out there than toast. So, most things, to be honest. But okay, so one more thing I want to touch on, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. We're getting close to an hour. Is for this holiday season, I've had enough text message exchanges with Pat about Guernsey, and he's mocked me enough times on the show, saying, "How did you know? Why are you a fan of Guernsey?" And I've, as I've explained on on multiple occasions, it's basically I found them looking up. I think how. FC United of Manchester was doing in the FA Cup, and it saw X teams from England, one from a couple from Wales, and one from Guernsey. I'm like, what the hell? And started doing some research because I was bored at work, and that's how I became a fan of Guernsey initially. So for Christmas this year, I decided I would get Pat the gift of watching Guernsey online. I am stunned by this, by the way. Absolutely. It's the it's, holiday season. It is. It's 10, it's <laughs> 10 bucks. Guernsey FC. It's ten bucks a month. It isn't, exp- and it's. I can now watch Guernsey, you guys. You can, and you you have access to the entire archives if you want to go back and watch like highlights of games. But the way oh, they always do. do it is they do the game, they they do the game live, and then it stays. You can watch the full game up until the next one's starting, and then that one goes away. But they do keep their extended highlights, which are about ten minutes, and I they have those all the way back to the inception of the club. So you can go back quite a ways in the archives and it was a zero zero game. Um, oh, please let me do the recap. Okay, Pat, I will let you do the recap. So uh, my <laughs> initial impression was, what is this? Um, they were playing a team called white leaf FC, but it took me a while to figure out that that's even what it was because it was spelled so weird. Uh, the I think it was the right-sided uh, center back for Guernsey, a bit fat. Um, <laughs> I wasn't. I was kind of surprised to see that because I haven't really seen a fat soccer player in a while. But uh, yeah, pretty stunned since, by that. Since the dude who uh, ate the pies. Uh, <laughs> oh God, <laughs> during... that was amazing! Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, so. <laughs> So I, I'm looking. I'm like, this is interesting. There's a uh, you can kind. Of, it's it was kind of neat because you can hear them, um, you know, fuck off, mate, and whatever they're saying to each other <laughs> in, in their Guernsey accents. And uh, 
there's like a you know there's like a fence and an ambulance and like maybe like a food truck and the shots. So I'm like, okay, this is cool. I, I can get behind this. Uh, I found out we're we are the Green Lions. So um, I asked TJ, I'm like, what are we? What's going on? Are we just the Lions? He's like, no, we're the Green Lions. So come on, you Green Lions. And wh- where do we play again, TJ? This is the 18th tier of of English soccer. Is that right? It, it it's the fourth in the fourth non-league or some fourth level of non-league. It's eighth level, level of the pyramid, I believe. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Um, and. Another really interesting thing I thought is because we we do play the Green Lions, and I say we because I am definitely part of the team now, um, we do play uh, on an island. Every one of our opponents has to fly to play us, and then we have to fly to play them. So um, I suppose maybe they get boats involved in the English Channel, but they don't. Um, And the most exciting part of the game for me was we're talking nil-nil, 89th minute, and the stream goes out for the rest of the night. I did, I did, I did not have that problem. I, I did get to see the end of it. And I had a technical difficulties thing up for the rest of the match. So and and that and it weird and it does happen periodically and unfortunately, which is kind of weird. And I, were you watching on your phone or were you watching? How were you watching it on the laptop? Like, yeah, on the laptop. Okay. Um, usually, I think I've had the best results using. Microsoft Edge works, seems to work. Chrome, hit or miss. Um, yeah, it was on Chrome. I was on, okay. I'm on a Mac, and so then, I was on Chrome. And then, you know what? That... I feel like I've had better results with Edge this year. I, I go back a couple of years, and it was, if I was watching it on Edge, it wouldn't work at all. I had to use Chrome to get any sort of results out of it. So it's just how they set it up. Now, that said, Pat, did you see the, pop- the attendance from the match? No. It was 1,006. Is that good for us? Well, I think it was the highest of on that on their level of the pyramid across the nation, and but by double. Now, to put that in perspective, the island of Guernsey has just over sixty-three thousand people. You get a thousand people at a game; it's about one point five eight percent. So that all said, um, I'm doing play some about math. devil's advocate though. Those people can't easily leave their island, and the the small clubs they're playing from around London have those fans have a lot of other things they could be doing. Correct. So. I think what I was looking my perspective I was going to go with is um, if you're just using the city of Chicago and it's about 2.7 million and if you do one and a half percent it's about 40,000. 40,000 would look really good in Soldier Field. It would. If you took the entire metro it would be would be a lot more than that. So I think my point was for a team that's last year they were in a relegation battle this year it sounds like they're I believe they're just outside of the playoffs but for me, the weird thing out of this season is this is the third game in a row they haven't scored at home, but it's the, I can't ever recall teams coming and just parking the bus when they play there, which is weird. That usually they were never of skill enough. They said, hey, we got to park the bus. It was usually a lot more free-flowing, but here you saw some some of that. And, um, and I, you know, and then the, again, on that team, what was it? Was it? I want to see the kid's name was Alex Scott was the last was his name. Oh, uh, Alex Scott, sixteen-year-old made Electric made his Alex, this year. And he, he, you know, he's going to go play for Bristol's academy. So there's something good with that, I would think, wouldn't you? Chris, what do you think? Uh, I, I mean, Alex Scott is a legend. Um, <laughs> his his name is synonymous with uh, magic. What's the big food item on the Isle of Guernsey? Do we know what's the? If I'm going to a game, what what do I get at the concession stand? Is it just like a pie and a pint, or 
I would ass- yeah, I, I would assume so. I honestly haven't ever decided to dive into that. But it is an English protector, so I would assume it would be a pint and a pie. I mean, Fish definitely. Um, they have a they have a, a gin, a, a gin that's made in Guernsey that they've been advertising on their club Twitter feed. So I would assume that might be another thing for you. Um, in that sense. action. So, all right, we're at 65 minutes. I want to wrap this up with one one more thought that I saw today. Speaking of Alex, Alex reminded us the transfer window is open. So we're going to see if his black magic of taking players to Chelsea continues. <laughs> With uh, Jaden Sancho, wasn't his picture that he posted? Yeah, I think he's going. He's trying to make Jaden Sancho go now, and I think if he succeeds, I think he gets written up like in the Chelsea Match Day program or something. Like the, <laughs> we have to make this happen for him. Like it's, 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 if he's able to pull off a third, um, yeah, I mean, he's already got Pulisic. He's already got Sam Kerr. If he get he can get Jaden Sancho, yeah, he's gonna have Chelsea fans flying him to meet Messi and stuff like that because. <laughs> Can I just say this is I've had the Kate Capshaw version of Anything Goes in my head for this entire episode because like forty five minutes ago Chris said during the VAR discussion, it's Asia, anything goes. <laughs> and so I've had the opening of Temple of Doom like just running on loop the whole time and it's annoying. <laughs> All right, so it's gonna be a reference that most people don't. Bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> a, like the, the, he's singing "Anything Goes," and then he's meeting yeah. with the yakuza or whatever they are, and then he there's there's like an antidote issue. There's an antidote, yeah. And then it can't be the yakuza because it was in China. It wasn't in Japan. It's it's not. Um, uh, it um it was in China. Oh, what the hell do they call those guys? It's like um. The Yinling Gang or something like that. Yeah, was Short Round there yet? Was he? Did he come uh, later? As they uh, run out, because because uh, uh, Indy has to save her from the the fight at the club, and when they get in the car, Short Round's driving the car. TJ, by the way, the name of this is uh, the name of this episode is going to be now uh, New Year. Anything goes. I <laughs> could not agree with you more I, th- I think that absolutely works for tonight so pat i believe does that qualify as your final thought or do you have another one you want to throw at us tonight uh you should go if you are a fan of the chicago fire read hot time in old town and i do follow hot time in old town and i agree they have a they have a great new uh content editor manager and um grand poopa of the internet side of it and he's even writing things and he's going to try and make it like respectable journalism which scares me so Conspiracy, Conspiracy Chris. Uh, yeah, I got nothing else. Uh, I was trying to look up the name of that gang uh, so I could drop that as my final thought, but I haven't been able to find it yet. So um, you're done. And I think the fine tooth one says it best. Conspiracy Chris. Uh, Heck, I Pat. I want to say thanks for joining me tonight. And at Van Dab Pod for those, it's this episode can be found on iTunes on. SoundCloud, on Stitcher, on Google Play. So sign up, subscribe, do all that, tell your friends. Let's expand the show out this year. And thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll be back next week, and you're done. Mm-hmm.